illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing this Christmas season? Doing okay. Surviving. So I didn't think we were going to have another one of these until next year. And then you're like, we need to record. And I'm like, okay, I'll record. There's just <laughs> stuff going on. So, and, and I even said we needed to record before we had any kind of news on stuff. Mm. But I just thought we should get talk. Okay. Things are going on. I, there's things I need to get off my chest. Okay. Well, the purpose of the legal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting and fun every week. If you would like to listen to us, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. Remember, you can get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. I am at HeinrichTailgator on X, also HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And I forgot. I'm going to look right now. I forgot to look. Hmm. And nope. Just emails from the athletic department for us to buy stuff. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. What do they want us to buy? Stuff? Crap. Yeah. It's actually from like the, it's a bookstore, you know? Yeah. I'm not much of a consumer anymore. Every once in a while there might be something, but for the most part, no. No, I just like the cheap t-shirts. That's all I like. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bees, you ready to head into some beaver sports news? Yeah, what's going on? I mean, since football's essentially done other than bowl season, there's not much that, you know, other than basketball, I guess it's moving on. How that? How, how's that going? Well, we did have the end of the men's bas- uh, men's soccer season. Ooh, or, yeah. What's going on there? How? What happened? You didn't know what happened? I don't know what happened. I'm, I, uh, 
dude, I live out here in Dundee. Like, you know, we get no news. It's it's like communication through carrier pigeon. <laughs> what, what, what do we got? Well, the, you did hear about the player that and the coach got suspended for the last game, right? No. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. I've not heard this. Okay, let me find it here. I mean, if it's isn't if I don't get random text messages from people, I don't know what the hell's going on. Because I want to the coach or the ref. Let me find the story because I, I I figured you knew. No, not a clue. You know, before Oregon State... And here we go. Oregon State is in uncharted territory. Before Oregon State was able to take on Notre Dame in the semifinals, they had one of their players suspended for two games. What for? And their coach got suspended for four games. I'm trying to figure out... um, No idea. This was a scandal. I mean, it's soccer, so it's not a real sport. But what happened? So, the Beavs had... They were without defender Javier Amas and coach Greg Dalby for the College Cup because uh, they were ruled um, ineligible for using an ineligible player during the quarterfinal match against North Carolina. So Armas was suspended for two games and Dalby for four because Armas was ineligible to play against North Carolina with eight accumulated yellow cards during the season. He was hit with the eighth yellow card in the round of 16 match against SMU, which should have resulted in a game suspension. But the Beavs used him against North Carolina. The Beavs then self-reported the infraction, and the NCAA hit them with the suspensions before the semifinal game at the College Cup. And they lose? Well, Beach, their historic season came to a close in that game, as they fell to number two seed Notre Dame, one to nothing. Now, the Beavs end the year in the semifinal round of the NCAA tournament after making the deepest postseason run in program history. OSU booked its spot in the College Cup with wins over Seattle University, Portland, SMU, and North Carolina. Now, in that game against Notre Dame Beach, the Beavs as a team outshot Notre Dame 10 to 7. But, but, ended, but didn't end up losing. What was that? Couldn't get it in the hole. Yep. Oregon State ends the season with a record of 11-6-5. That just doesn't see 11-6-5. I, 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 I don't know. And they finished with their highest ever end of the season ranking at number four. 11-6-5 and, and you're number four in the country. That's some effed up stats right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That That's like, anyway, it is what it is. I, I'm not going to. It's kind of weird, you you know. I'm reminded, you know, they self-reported the infraction, right? You remember that Cheers episode where something happened and Woody had to Woody had to tell his father-in-law or something about something, and he thinks he's going to get yelled at, and so he's like, "Boy, you got grit." And mm-hmm. then, did you remember that story? Yeah. You know, you would think that the NCAA would be like, you know, hey, we, well, we've done this. You know what? That's so honest and noble of you. You got grit. We're going to go ahead and ignore it this time. Depending on how you look at it, you might think that because they could have just said, you're disqualified. Notre Dame gets an automatic pass. Sons of bitches. I mean, so they could have done that, right? Well, I'm sorry. Eight yellow cards. I mean, this is, this is a freaking sport that plays to ties all the time. And they're worried about yellow cards. Yeah. You're not, I mean, the, you're not even getting booted out. What's he sport? What the hell does it matter? You get you get you get, you get eight warnings. 
through all those games, right? So they ended up, what, 17? Well, it's kind of horseshit. What do they play, 20-some-odd games? And so through 20-some-odd games, he got eight yellow cards through all those games. Well, and shouldn't you get more yellow cards because you're playing in after you're you're playing in um, for co- after conference games now? Th- that's what I would think too. And I there's mean, part of it I understand. They they want to you know, they I want mean, people to play aggressively, but not you know yeah, recklessly. But, but, so I understand that part. But yeah, theoretically, what is about 16 games, and you're allowed eight yellow cards. So you're allowed half a yellow card per game. So if you play two to uh, playoff games, then you should be allowed another yellow card. I would think, but that's not the rules. Yeah, they don't. It's very obvious that they can't do the fucking math there anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, it was funny. So uh, the the game against Notre Dame, I was sitting over at Suds and they had it on TV and the clock clock was counting down. Was was it on ESPN 8? Because nobody else. The Ocho, yeah. I can't remember what it was on, but it was counting down, right? Uh-huh. So like a normal sport and a couple of guys, uh, one, including little Dave was like, what's wrong with the clock? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, why is it counting down? What's going on? And I'm like, cause they're just taking it down to zero. Oh, what? They can't count up. And I'm like, no, they're actually stopping the clock. Dingle Fritz. Like just count down. Right. So when it gets to the end, it's zero. Not like, Oh, we're at 90 minutes now. Time over. Just play two 45-minute halves. Anyways, it was just funny because a couple people were complaining about that. They were like, what, American audiences? Too stupid? No, we actually have technology here that works. So we can count down. We don't just have to start off watch and let it count up. So, anyways. Well, well, again, you got negative time. Yeah. To add it on, it's arbitrary. But, you know, it's close. But, anyways, uh, let's move on, Beach, to some wrestling news. Okay. Did anybody get yellow carded there? Well, a dominant start for the match. The 16th ranked Oregon State Beavers swept Cal State Bakersfield by a 48 to nothing score on Friday night. Now the duel marked the beginning of the Pac-12 uh, competition for both sides. Yes, Cal State Bakersfield is in the Pac-12 for wrestling. Because the University of Oregon is not. Yeah, well, there's a lot of universities that aren't anymore. Well... Uh, actually, there's about 10 of them that won't be next year anyway. <laughs> no shit. So um, Oregon State, who's now 4-1 and one overall, 1-0 in the Pac-12, used four falls and a technical fall to secure the sweep and clinch their third sweep of the season and first in the Pac-12 since the 2021-22 campaign. A trio of Beavers, Maximo Renteria, Travis Whitlake, and Trey Munoz rustled up a weight class in the duel. They rustled up. They just said, I'm going to take out the big guy? Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Oregon balls State. Out. What was that? I said balls out, baby. Pretty much. Oregon cool. State will be off until their home opener against top-ranked Penn State on Friday, January 5th. The first bout between the Beavs and Nittany Lions is slated for 5 p.m. and can be seen on the Pac-12 network, Oregon. Hmm. So that's cool. Number one-ranked Penn State coming to town. That's what gets me about all the schools leaving for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, none of them have wrestling. And almost every school in the Big Ten has wrestling. Makes you wonder if they're going to add it to it. I don't know how they can. I, I, I still wonder how long this whole thing's going to last. Yeah. 
All right, Beach. Uh, next up, let's talk some women's basketball. Who? How's that going? Well, Beach, Oregon State won its eighth straight game to open the 2023-24 women's basketball season, outpacing Santa Clara 80-52 to on Friday. Now, the uh, Bees, what was that? That's a thumping. Yeah. The Bees won the game with defense, holding the Broncos to just 26.7% shooting from the floor and 22.7% from three. Santa Clara did not have any individual player shoot better than 50%. For the Beavs, Talia Van Olhoffen led the way with 18 points and 7 rebounds and 7 assists. Reagan Beers also recorded yet another double-double, the 21st of her young career in just her 39th game. The sophomore finished with 19 points and 10 rebounds. She also blocked 3 shots and had 2 steals. A.J. Marat rounded out the Beavs in double figures with 10 points on 5 for 6 shooting. Up next, Beavs, the Beavs um, head to Maui for the annual Maui Classic Tournament. They opened up the event last night against Southeastern Louisiana. But we don't know that because we're actually recording this on Sunday. Okay. And it won't it won't be <laughs> it won't be uploaded till Wednesday. Gotcha, gotcha. So but good, no. Now they are they, they are undefeated, but I will say all those games have been at home. Yeah, the the real the the real it's gonna how many teams do they play over there in Hawaii? Um I think they play two games. Okay, just just against Louisiana or against somebody? No, else? there's two. Let me look here. Now you gotta make me pull I'm, this up. You should know the questions I'm gonna ask. I'm pretty. I, I dude, I never know. You're a freaking wild card. <laughs> Give me a second here. I got Hawaii though too. What? They play Hawaii though too. They're Is playing in Hawaii. In Hawaii, but do they play Hawaii? Uh, I can tell you who they play in just a second. Well, I'm impatient as hell. Oh, damn it. Before before I called you, I was watching Beverly Hills Cop. Did you know they're going to make a Beverly Hills Cop four? Yeah, it's only going to be on Netflix. Um, so they are playing. Looks like they're playing. Is this all there? Looks like just two games. Hmm. They're playing Louisiana, Southeast Louisiana, and Texas Tech. Hmm. So they fly all the way to Hawaii to play teams down in the south. Well, and awesome. part of it is it's Christmas break, so it's a little bit of a a, a a reward for the for the team. But, but when they're there, they also perform community service. Hmm. So it's part of the trip, um, oh. and I think all the teams that come that do. And this trip means even more because of what happened in Maui with the fires. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, and they've been doing this for a number of years. So the the community there in Maui really comes around the little tournament they they have that Oregon mm-hmm. State um, uh, hosts. And like I said, part of it about by coming is you have to perform some community service in the in the the, the community. So oh, it, you know what they've done in the past. I'm not sure. I can't remember. They've done a double different things going in and you know, speaking with kids in the schools and running basketball clinics and that kind of stuff. I don't know what they'll do this year. Obviously with what happened, it's, it's a little different. So did you see where, um, Oh, who was it? Um, um, Oh, dang it. Baseball. Um, shoot. You're not going to cut this out either. Cause you're a jackass. Um, who, who's our baseball player that went on to the pros two years ago? He, his young uncle was your coach for football. Adley Rutschman. Rutschman. Did you see where he did? Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't. I kept 
I, Rutschman just wasn't coming to me. Um, did you see where he put on a, uh, uh, camp? Yeah. Portland? Uh, yeah. That was kind of, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a guy that gives, gives back. Yeah. So anyway, I just saw that other news here a while back. Yeah, so a good start by the the ladies there. Yeah, that'll and, be it'll be fun. Yeah, you uh, can't you can't do do worse than undefeated to open up the season. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it'll continue. Yep. So they have uh, looks like they have two games over there, and then they have some time off for Christmas, and then they're home against Morgan State, and then they open up with. The Civil War against the Ducks on New Year's Eve Day. Mm. So, get right into it. Yeah. How are the Duck girls this year? Um, the, yeah. So, Oregon State beat Santa Clara that we just talked about, 80-52. to 52. Uh-huh. Oregon got clubbed by them by like 30 points. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well. I, I think that might know, have a little bit of an outlier, but yeah. They're not the well, dominant force they've been. Oregon invests all of their uh, name, image, and likeness money into their men's teams, and they say to hell with the women. Well, they they gave a lot of. They're doing a lot with uh, Sabrina and Yasku, so I, she would have been there. They would have been giving her a pile of money too. All right, let's move on, Beach, to men's basketball. Okay. Jordan Pope knocked down a pair of three throws to put the Beavs ahead with 13 seconds to play as the Oregon State men's basketball team defeated UTSA 66-65 Sunday afternoon at Gill. That was a tight one. Yeah. With the win, the Beavs moved to 7-3 on the season and remain unbeaten at home with a perfect 7-0 mark. Mm. Pope led all scorers with 19 points in the game, going 7 for 14 from the floor and 3 for 4 from beyond the arc. Dexter Acano went 6 for 10 from the floor to finish with 15 points, 3 rebounds, and a pair of blocks. The Bees will wrap up non-conference play Thursday when Idaho State visits Gill Coliseum. But we haven't we haven't tackled the uh, end of the conference yet. No, that well that'll start um, around the new year. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how we do. It's it's hard to gauge non-conference because I'm assuming you've got a lot of variety of uh, quality. Yeah, uh, it, and the Beavs have won seven games at home, but it has not been easy. Several overtime games, or two points on this last one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough Pac-12 season for the Beavs. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Beavs. You want to talk a little bit of football news? Ooh, we still got football going on. Yeah, offensive lineman Jake Levenagood and Talizi Fuaga, running back Damian Martinez, and inside linebacker Easton Mascarenas Arnold have all been selected first team All Pac-12 by the conference. The four highlight Oregon State's overall selections, which tally 15. Wow. With six second rounders or six second teamers and five honorable mention honorees. Second team selections include Lyman Tanner Miller and Josh Gray, tight end Jack Velling, defensive lineman Sion Lolohea, defensive back Katan Oladapo, and return specialist Silas Bolden. Now, honorable mention selections are defensive back Achille Arnold and Ryan Cooper Jr., wide receiver Anthony Gould, place kicker Atticus Sappington, and special teams all-purpose performer Josiah Irish. Now, Martinez is a first-teamer for the second year in a row. With this selection, OSU has now had a first-team running back for four consecutive seasons. 
the longest streak in the conference since USC went nine straight from 1973 to 1981. So the Beavs had Jamar Jefferson in 2020, B.J. Baylor in 2021, and Martinez in 2022 and 23. Also, Beach, offensive lineman Talizi Fuaga was had earned two more All-American honors last week. He was selected to the first team by the Football Writers Association of America and the second team by the Associated Press. That brings his tally to seven All-America honors in 2023. So in addition to those that he was named last week, he was also selected first team by CBS Sports and Pro Football Focus, and second team by Walter Camp, The Athletic, and USA Today. He was also named a first team All-Pac-12 selection via vote of the conference coaches and Associated Press, and was a semifinalist for the Outland Trophy, which is given to the nation's best lineman. Additionally, he has been uh, named as a finalist for the Polynesian Player of the Year Award. Mm. So lots of lots of accolades coming in for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, now he won't be playing in the bowl game because he's going to be getting ready for the NFL draft. Wow. And really, it's hard yeah. to blame him for that. Yeah. You, you know, this is one of the problems I have with the bowl games ever since, like, with, with him you kind of understand, but, like, with the transfer portal and everything – it just seems like the the bowl games you, the the teams that are playing the bowl games are not the teams that got to the bowl games. Huh? Because you just feel like for the most part a lot of them are getting gutted. Yeah. You know, especially I, and I think I think the transfer portal is even more brutal this year than it was last year. Yeah. So, so anyway. Hey Billy. Yes, Beach. You hear that? I do. Dude, dude, Billy. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's not the off season for the teletype. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Washington Supreme Court rules on Pac-12. The University of Oregon heard the outcome of the Washington Supreme Court ruling over control of the Pac-12 conference this week. The U of O, the University of, Oregon, the University of Washington's cuckold, was told to sit in the corner and act like the bitch it is when the U of W was informed by the Washington Supreme Court of the outcome of its appeal for Pac-12 control and revenue disbursement. The court gave the following statement to the University of Washington. You suck the dick of the Big Ten and swallowed, and then you then gave Oregon your sloppy seconds. You get what you deserve. You left the Pac-12 for a two-bit male hooker with your <laughs> toe, and now you want the Pac-12 to pay for your penicillin regimen. That ain't going to happen. Now get the hell out of this courtroom. You get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. This has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. I like the uh, little... Uh, the little... Uh... Willy Wonka throw in there. Thank you. You lose. Good day, that. sir. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, anyway, so the 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 uh, Washington the Washington Supreme Court pretty much told the uh, the the nefarious ten to go pound sand. Well, yeah, and we we do need to talk about that, Beach. So we will we will talk a little Pac-12 news. So oh, like okay. you like you said, Beach. 
Oregon State and Washington State have taken control of the Pac-12 ahead of its final seven months as a 12-team conference. The Washington Supreme Court on December 15th denied a request to review a lower court's decision to give the university's control of the Pac-12 board. The decision lifted the emergency stay granted by a Washington State Supreme Court commissioner to the University of Washington on November 28th. The November 14th decision by Whitman County Superior Court Judge Gary Libby to make OSU and Wazoo the sole governing members of the conference will now go into effect. The 10 schools planning to depart from the Pac-12 in August at the conclusion of the season will no longer be able to vote on conference decisions. Now, Libby's initial ruling stated that whenever OSU and Wazoo meet as the Pac-12 board, they must create an agenda and share it with the 10 departing schools. Those 10 schools have previously accused OSU and Wazoo of wanting direction of the board to control the revenue earned by the Pac-12's current members. OSU and Wazoo argued that the 10 schools already gave up their seats on the board by sharing plans to leave the Pac-12, citing the absence of USC and UCLA representatives for board meetings after the schools announced their upcoming departures in 2022. So that we all know, right? But people think yep. this, the people think this is over, but it's not. This is just like the end of the beginning. Do you understand that? So what's next? That, the actual lawsuit. Oh, really? Yes. This still can go to trial. Because this can still go to trial and final judgment if there's no settlement. And then you okay. can have appeals after that to the Washington Court of Appeals and then the Washington Supreme Court. So what they're saying, so what Oregon State and what Washington State does from here on out, if the nefarious tend to like it, they can just file a lawsuit stating that they're being unfairly treated. Well, Judge Libby told the 10 when he made his original ruling that mm -hmm. it, they could come back to his court if they disagree with decisions by OSU and Wazoo. Oh, because what they're saying is, is Oregon State and Washington State haven't done anything for you to justify suing them yet. No, that lawsuit's still going on, right? Okay. This is just for control of what gets to happen now. So before any decisions, before um, decision came down, they had said that if they wanted to make a decision, it had to be run by all 12 schools and it had to be unanimous. Yeah, yeah, right. I remember that. Right. So, like, mm -hmm. right now, um, I think it was last week or the week before, Oregon State and Washington State held up on – there's nothing in the bylaws, but normally in December there is a disbursement of revenue that's come into the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. So the money is dispersed to the 12-member institutions. So that came up, and Oregon State and Washington State stopped it because they didn't agree with it. <laughs> Yep. Now, part of Libby's, um, part of his ruling on not on the whole lawsuit, but what's happening right now is that Washington State and Oregon State can't act in a retaliatory way against the other schools. They still have a fiduciary duty to the Pac-12 and to the member schools, so they can't just say, "Oh, we're taking everything." You know, oh, we got in, let's say, $120 million. So instead of everybody getting 10, we're taking 60 apiece. Screw you other 10. Right? <laughs> they, 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 can't, they, can't, 
Well, I'm just so saying, they would. yeah, they can't do that, right? That's 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 that not what they're able to do. Now, hey, on a, on a side note, I read that there is a pending lawsuit with is it a student from like Arizona or Arizona State? Well, yes, his demand name, image, and likeness for the well, years that he played before the name, image, and likeness was ruled that it is it is legal. Yes, it's it's called the House Clax Action antitrust lawsuit and just because the one uh uh old um, athlete that that filed it his last name was house so if you ever heard about the okay. house the house case because his last name is house now it's filed on behalf of ten thousand student athletes against the pac-12 and the other four power five conferences now beach which hold on i the, don't understand how that's legal because if that was the case then those schools would have probably been charging more for the services. Well, Beach. If they knew compensation had to be given to these other people. Well, Beach. So the plaintiffs are requesting $1.4 billion for the student athletes. Oh, so they're just asking for a cash settlement. And because the $1.4 billion, Beach. And because this oh. is an antitrust case, damages uh-huh. can triple. Really? That would average to over $65 million per school of all the Power 5 schools. So for, but, just, so for the Pac-12, that would be $775 million. Which would bankrupt the Pac-12. Well, possibly. But does that – so here's part of the problem, Beach. Does that liability – does that follow the departing schools? So is that each school – or is it on the Pac-12? And if they're mm-hmm. no longer part of the Pac-12, are they not responsible for any damages that need to be collected? Because it was because, because they were part of this. They were part of this league at the time that it occurred. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's got to be figured out. There's got to be reserves left to cover your ass with that right mm-hmm. and this this isn't the only suit beach there's also a national labor relations board suit for unfair labor actions because they're trying to say that the players are are employees yeah we, well now now they want compensation for television rights and stuff well that's what they're saying right that they're employees they're not getting paid yeah. fairly. So and so you've got that for that you got that for men's and women's basketball and football, obviously the big revenue generating sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus there's also the suit that they've settled from Comcast about overpayments. Oh yeah. That they still have to pay back. So where does that money come from? And there's mm-hmm. two other open suits as well that I'm not sure what they are. Wow. Plus Beach then you have um, contracts that the conference might need to terminate early, right? If they have mm-hmm. to conf- uh, terminate leases on production studios, is there any mm-hmm. penalties there? Are they're going to have to terminate contracts with they some just, of these bowls? They just terminated. Um, they just terminated a bunch of uh, rental space in San Francisco, didn't they? Yeah, I think I where they had yep. to give up a bunch of real estate because they didn't need it anymore. Yeah, because they moved everything to Vegas. Yeah. Where it's cheaper. But so then they're going to have to see, they still owe, there's still a pending litigation for these, uh, uh, 
Holiday Bowl from a couple years ago when UCLA accepted and then refused to go to the game. They accepted an invitation, didn't go. That was during COVID, and they got sued by that bowl game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So who owes that, right? Is that the Pac-12 or is it UCLA? And how much is that going to be? Yeah, because that that really isn't fair. They should have accepted the invitation, and that the 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 other eleven teams shouldn't be paying for the decision of the twelfth. You'd think, right? But then there's also yep. all these outstanding bowl contracts now that the Pac-12 aren't going to be able to fill because they're not going to have enough teams, right? Because there's mm-hmm. you know the Holiday Bowl and the Sun Bowl. Well, yeah. you, at most you got two teams next year. Those contracts go further than than just this year, huh? Correct. Wow. And so is there going to be per, uh, um, penalties from that? Also, there's employment agreements with executives of the Pac-12. Are those contracts? How far do those go out? How do you pay for that? Because you can pretty much terminate almost all of your Pac-12 people. You only need one person running the show when you only got two schools. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily, but... but you, you can do it with a lot less people. Exactly. But then, you know, but there's all these. So we, you can kind of figure out what revenue is coming in, but you have no idea what your liabilities are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I would expect. Yeah, I almost think they should keep it in their trust. Well, I don't know. But you you, you figure they're going to have to go back again to Judge Libby while, because there's still going to have to be discovery and motions and an actual trial for that thing to go. But then there's still all these arguments of what Oregon state and Washington state doing and the other 10 bitch about it, uh-huh. which there probably will. Yep. Cause they want all the benefits and none of the risk. Well, and trust me, depending on which color glasses you're wearing, you can kind of see both sides. Oh, absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they thought exiting was going to be a lot easier than what it is. Well, and they could have, they could have exited. Here's my thing with that. They could have dissolved the conference, right? Mm-hmm. Before they all decided to announce that they were leaving, all you have to do is call a board meeting, even after you have three gone, right? After USC, uh-huh. UCLA, and Colorado have announced they're leaving. That leaves mm-hmm. nine, right? And mm-hmm. they can all kind of be going like, hey, we're going to be leaving at, here, but let's that just time wait. Only, and at that time, there's only four teams still in the pack that mm-hmm. hadn't. Well, even even at that, you don't announce anything, right? Yeah. yeah. But but you've got nine. You have five that, you know, things are kind of assured. You call a meeting, mm-hmm. and then you say, hey, we're dissolving the pack, and we're liquidating everything, and everyone's going to get a chunk, and that's it. Everyone's on their own. So then the question is, just a hypothetical here, if they would have dissolved the pack, then would the lawsuit have been the House lawsuit? been no because that because they were still members of the pack so i'm sure even if they get rid of the pack there's still going to be some liability by the individual schools even without possibly possibly Uh, you know but they were part of it yeah even if they're like i said it's just a mess it's a mess so yes the beeves and and coogs won control of the pack 12 does it mean they can kind of start going around? Yeah. So now they can kind of work on trying to rebuild the conference if they want to, but, mm-hmm. or f- start to figure that out. Right. 
you can start finding out exactly what all the liabilities are. You can also get mm. rid of some of those uh, executives you don't need anymore. So it's, it, it, like I said, this is just the, the end of the beginning. There's a long ways to go. Be a train wreck. It's a complete train wreck. This is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. Well, Cause like well, I said, I, I know I, people ask me questions and I'm like, guys, this doesn't, yes, it means that the beeves and the kooks can kind of start directing things, but well, not well, completely. Here, here's my question, you know, with the, with the bowl games, with the fact that the transfer portal opens up guts, these teams before they play their bowl games. Right. <clears throat> so the team that goes to the bowl games is not necessarily the team that gotcha there. Is there going to be demand to watch bowl games in the future? You know, I mean, the reason why you want to watch the bowl games is because you want to watch this team that, you know, played relatively well or dominated during the season. Well, but the team you're watching isn't the same team, may not have the quarterback, may not have the running back, may not have the 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 defensive backs. They might have hit the transfer portal. They might be going to, you know, going into the draft. The coach might be gone, which seems like 10 percent of the coaches get get yanked out before this all happens. And and so is there going to be demand going in the future, especially with the playoff system to have these bowl games? Well, Beach, let's just go right into the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week. Every week, we like to discuss a person of college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, we are just giving it to NCAA college football. Wow. Because did, did, it's did, a freaking mess. So you're saying I had a good segue there, huh? Well, no, but you made me jump. You're going into it. So I'm like, let's just talk about it. This is just going to college football in general, right? I have been saying this yeah. for a couple of years that with the way things were going, my, my fandom of college football and college sports in general was waning. And this is mm -hmm. even pushing it closer to the edge, right? Cause like you're talking about the, the bowl games, they're a mess, right? Because you've got the transfer portal going on, which opens up as soon as the league championship games are over and then ends right after the first of the year, which sucks, right? Yeah. Why do these guys want to stay? They're not going to stay and play. I mean, the Beavs have lost a number of players. They lost quarterback DJ Uyunglele. They've lost backup quarterback and star of the future Aiden Childs. They're losing tight end Jack Velling. They're losing their top uh, tackler in Easton uh, Mascarenas Arnold and his brother, Achille Arnold, right? Two, those two guys have just signed with, with USC. And I guarantee I know where they're going to USC. There's probably at least six figures in that deal. Wow. Right? And, and what football has become with this whole NIL bullshit, it's just unlimited free agency in college football with no salary cap. None. I mean, it's the, the, the rumor going around is that that Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver for Ohio State, is being offered $25 million to play next year. Wow. Do you know what the most he could make as a rookie in the NFL is? How much? Not even half that. Wow. Because you've got rookie, you got rookie maximums. Because the NFL got together and said, hey, we can't keep doing this. 
Well, like you said, the 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 more profitable teams in the NFL, it's not fair for them to just buy all of the talent. And that's what they'll yeah. And, because and that's what's going to happen. Because because what's going to happen is the Cowboys are going to get the top talent, and and Green Bay's not going to be able to buy anybody because they just don't have the revenue, right? They they do well, exactly. but they don't have the same amount of revenue as 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 the Cowboys do. Exactly. Or, or a Buffalo. So, exactly. And so, but here with the college football, that's exactly what we're heading for. You're going to have 10 or 12 elite schools that have all the money going into it. They're going to buy the best talent that they can possibly get. And everybody else is going to be an also ran because they won't have the revenue. Or and you're... they might have a chance here, but they're never going to be able to buy the talent all across the board you're... from every position. You're just going to end up being a farm system. Exactly. Exactly. And so what, what's the joy of watching your team go out there going, Hey, I'm going to support the Beavers yet. We're going to be playing against, you know, if we actually do get into a conference of, of any sort that it's just going to be the elite schools every time. Well, and, and there's it's no like, fun. And it's, it's like, Oh yeah, these guys were great. Look what we've developed them into as a freshman and, and sophomores. And now they're gone because USC bought them or because Michigan bought them. Yeah. It's, 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 it's gross. It's You'll never. It's be, scummy. There's no be. loyalty. It's just. It's. It's I, horrible. It's, and, and. Well, and part of it too, like you, you talk about, like, like the uh, transfer portal, right? What a horrible mm-hmm. time to open it up because now the guys that played that season aren't playing in the end. Well, but also you think you, think you push it the bowl game. But how, but how far do you do that? Because you got to give them time to be able to make their visits and make their choices. But they also want to be able to enroll in time to start school that next semester so they can be there for conditioning and spring football. So where do you push that to? Right? I don't know. The whole thing's going to destroy itself. You know, that's, I, I agree. That's the, I agree. And the money and, is going to destroy it. And I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer in the free market, and and ultimately, when people see something that's bad, they're not going to want to, they're not going to pay anymore. Well, and there's a lot of people and, that are just getting fed up with it. What worries me too is it's going to exacerbate the problem because again, you're going to have the teams that win, and they're going to fill up their stadiums, and they're going to do all well, and then you're going to have the teams that don't win, and they're going to lose even more revenue, right? Yeah. Because people aren't going to donate money to buy the players they need, and people aren't going to buy the tickets to go to the games because the team's a loser because they lose against these teams that have all the money. Mm-hmm. So, so it's 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 a self. It just is going to going to just self fulfill, right? It's going to start bad and it's going to get worse. I agree. So, so I I don't know. I'm I'm I'm. Well, I'm like I said, and I, you, I, you I still have all these lawsuits coming in. Yeah. Because and and again, so think about this: you got all these lawsuits coming in, and how's the NCAA going to put any rules in effect when essentially they're being sued right now for the rules they had in effect? Uh huh. Right. Yep. Yeah. Here we have rules, but we're being sued because the government told us that we didn't have the right to put those rules in. Well, and so the, we're not going to put any more rules in. Because we're afraid we're going to be overridden. Well, and again, that's what happened, right? This whole NIL thing was because uh-huh. you had a couple states, namely uh, one of the big ones was California, saying, well, wait a minute. These players need to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. You're not allowed to do this, so we're just going to pass legislation to say that they have the right to do this. And then you've got yeah, the you know, NCAA kind of throwing their hands up going, okay, I guess we can't do anything about it. 
you know what's funny is you look at some of it, right? So some of it is social media income, right? Oh, yeah. Some people already have a following. Some people uh, like Johnny Football signing autographs, signing signing stuff, going to go into events where he's actually participating in these things. Whatever you want to, at the time he what he wasn't doing was legal, but 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 there's those things where you're actually making revenue on your name, image, likeness versus the school just paying you. Well, the school's booster group just paying you to play. Yeah. Well, right? but the problem is you I mean, can, I'm, but we're not, we're not paying you to sign footballs. We're just going to pay you to come here. We're going to give you $25 million to play for us. But, we're, but that's they, what we're paying for your name. Image, like, but also you have to, all you have to do is say you're paying them $25 million for that football. I, I mean, guess. it's the same thing, right? And here's my yeah. point. I, and here's my, here's one of my things, beach. I don't have, I can't, a, I can't, I can't scalp my uh, concert tickets, but I have a very nice pen here that you can pay for $10,000 and you get the tickets for free. Exactly. So there's part of me that with like, I'm, this is what I always kind of fall back to when quiz Rogers was playing for the beefs, he was number one, right? He, he wore number mm-hmm. one, the bookstore sold a lot of jerseys with number one on it. Right. Mm. Cause people wanted to wear that Jersey. Cause that was quizzes number. They sold a lot of those jerseys, made a lot of money on it. I think Quiz should have been able to get his beak wet with some of that money, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were selling Mm -hmm. that because of his play on the field and people wanted that. That's different than saying, hey, dude, we're going to give you, you know, $500,000 to come here and play this next year. You haven't done Mm -hmm. anything yet, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a little bit of a different thing. I know at the, um, Bookstore now, you can go buy Damian Martinez jerseys. You could buy DJ jerseys. I think that's a cool thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But when you're just another one that I saw, and I, I like this, is this guy that played for Nebraska, and his first name was DeFrost, right? And it huh? was it was DeFrost something. And he about, did a commercial. Yeah, yeah he about... did a commercial for a HVAC company. I'm like, that's hilarious, yeah. right? So there, oh, I don't have a problem with that. But when you're doing some of this other stuff, when you're just paying these guys, like, you know, we talked about how the uh, Utah Collective um, gave all of the football players trucks. It's lease on a truck. Lease on a truck, and they right, paid right. for the insurance for the year, for every year they play. They've now also done it for men's basketball, women's basketball, and gymnastics. You're kidding me. Nope. Wow, the yeah. cost of that. Yeah. Football is probably the worst, though. You don't have near as many uh, scholarships on the other sports. No, but still. But it should be in a walk-on, though. Oh, nice Kia, bro. See, you're a walk-on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and see, and, it, and like the, the basketball teams and the, and the gymnasts get a choice between, I think, like a truck or some kind of SUV type thing. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just, I, I don't know, I find it gross. And I think it will well, collapse the system. It, it will. You, you know, I, I always tell people, um, and, and, you know, things that aren't sustainable will never last. Yeah. And there's a lot of things right now, uh, economically speaking, that are unsustainable. I agree. And, and, and things are going to have to collapse upon themselves. May not be as soon as we would like, but they'll eventually collapse. Yeah. So, I mean, can you imagine if, if we have 
think of the obligations for these groups with these leases and stuff. Oh yeah. And maybe they maybe did a one pay lease. I don't know. You can do a one pay lease um, where you just make one payment and you're, you're covered for the balance of the time. And they, they, they don't charge as as much interest because you paid it up front. But um, um, it'll, it'll be interesting if you see an economic downturn or, you know, the cash drops from these groups, are they, are they making themselves commitments that are sustainable? You know, or are they based in the, uh, uh, are these name, image, and likeness groups, these booster groups, are they banking, you know, so you get one for, you know, you get these leases, whatever they're going to compensate you. Are, do they have the cash up front or are they banking on a specific amount of revenue every year? Yeah. It's just, I'm just kind of curious because you're giving these kids leases that that's, that's an obligation. So are you, do you got the money or are you basing that your revenue is going to, your revenue forecasts are going to stay consistent because again, revenues can change. But anyway. Well, and see, I think, yeah, I'm here. Like I said, you've got some, you got some big, some big heavy hitters that are in some of these collectives, like the Utah collective that's called the crimson collective. And that was launched by, uh, Matt Gar- uh, one of the guys who launched it is the owner of the Colorado Rockies. Oh, wow. So he's got a couple of bucks. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't doubt that like, um, the, the Larry Miller family mm-hmm. would auto probably be part of, down part there. of it. Yep. Yeah. Huge auto groups. Well, right? I don't know. If, I don't know if he still owns some dealerships up there. He owned the, um, he, uh, didn't he own the Honda? I actually, I think he sold it, but he owned the Honda store. I think up here at one time, didn't he? Uh, maybe in Hillsboro. He might've. Yeah. But he, he owns a lot down the there. He owns, he owns the, well, he's dead, but his family, I think they still own the, uh, the jazz. So, okay. But anyways, so yeah, so college football and just the NCAA in general, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week yeah it's just bad it's bad it's ugly and i think it's only going to get worse mm-hmm. and it really makes me well it's funny well, it... so i go through waves right there's times where i'm like screw this i don't care i, I don't even want to watch it but then there's other times i'm like ah, i still love football i want to watch it you know i, oh, I want to see, and I wanna see my team up, do well what you might end up seeing is people go towards different groups you know, maybe you will see a demand for uh, Division Two. For mm. you know, people say, "Well, I don't want to watch Division One football anymore. It's too corrupted." You know, I know. Same but... thing you could say is, I you know, pe- people say, "I don't want to watch the NFL anymore. I like the USFL." I don't know if that you know yeah. will ever happen, but I just. But again, when 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 people betray the trust of their audience, you know, the audience has choices, and one of them is just turning off the TV. Yeah. But as you yeah, say that, I'm sitting here in in my my beaver orange office with the beaver helmet hanging on the wall, and all the beaver signs and beaver memorabilia and beaver posters, and I love beaver sports. I love beaver football, and it's just hard for me to come to grips with that. I mean, you got to like be the Axel same. Rose, way. But like Axel, yeah, yeah. But like Axel Rose says, you know. Nothing lasts forever, not even cold November rains, you know, and, <laughs> it and, does when and you're I mean, no, but, November. but, but, but it's just, it's just true though. You know, I mean, 
I, I, I look at things and nothing lasts forever. Things come in and things come out. This is true. This and, is true. And, and well, we, you have a loyal following now. It's not going to be forever. If, 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 if the, if the people making the product lose their audience, it's hard to get your audience back and they haven't lost their audience yet. And I'm, I'm speaking a little ahead of the game, but they could, Yeah. you know, if they don't do something to fix this, they'll lose their audience. And, and it might not be that big, you know, maybe, maybe they'll only lose 10% or 20%, but that can be a heck of a lot of revenue that can impact stuff. Yeah. I you mean, I, I look at, I look at Oregon state and I mean, this is one of the things that I keep thinking of is if Oregon state with this pack two conference, it, it so you could sell, uh, uh, I don't know what an average ticket at Oregon state costs. Let's, let's say $250 for season tickets. Right. I, I, I for, for a season, what? what does it cost? What's it cost about a hundred? What was the game? Like a hundred bucks for a game for Washington. Let's say what's the ticket cost for a UW game for a football game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I imagine the games are probably about a hundred bucks a piece. Okay. Are they going to be able to sell that same ticket for that? Yeah, that's and that's true. That's true. They're going to have to cut. They're going to have to cut their 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 forecast in half. But can they afford to? Can they afford to? Can we do? That's the other question. You know, because you need to find that sweet spot where you're maximizing revenue and seat sales. Yeah. So, you know, are are you going to be able to survive this? You know, you're you're not going to get the the demand for the television revenue like you got before. You're not going to get the demand for the seats that you got before. Well, you shit, know, shit. How, and how long can how long can you sustain this with the debt that you're holding? Well, the the other thing too is like you're talking about that is, <clears throat> well, we'll get there when we talk about the. Uh, do, you, do you remember how Oregon State struggled in the uh, in the early '90s with budgets? Oh yeah. Do you remember how how I mean, I remember we have to close the the dining hall because we don't have enough students. We have to close this because we don't have enough students. We have to close this. We have to cut our track team because we don't have enough money. Remember all that shit in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers that. You know, that was 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Now we got tons of money. Well, you got tons of money because the government gave uh, college loans to any kid that had a pulse and wanted, you know, oh, you need $100,000 for a degree in underwater basket weaving? Oh, by God, we'll give it to you. And then all of a sudden, the money flows into the universities. Well, at some point in time, the money's not going to flow anymore because people are going to realize the value is not there. And so you're going to have – I just – again, the market's dynamic, and I think you're going to have a lot of problems with money coming into colleges to pay for degrees that are worthless. I think you're going to have a problem getting money coming in for college sports unless you're like one of the top 10 or 12 elite teams. And I, I can see colleges starting to struggle again, maybe again, not yet. But if this economy goes into to, to a, a, a free fall, the donations are going to end. There's a lot of unknowns, and I don't think anybody's seeing them right now. Yep. All right, Breeze. Well, let's move on from there. Let's go under further review for a couple of bowl games in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. We did have a couple of bowl games played over the weekend. First up, we had the Starco Brands LA Bowl presented by Gronk. Is that the old Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? It was the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. But now it's the Starco Brands LA Bowl presented by Gronk. What is Starco and what is Gronk? Uh, Gronk is Rob Gronkowski. He played at Arizona. He was tight end at Arizona. Played in the NFL with... 
Tom Brady won several championships. And now he bought a bowl game. Well, he's uh, he does a lot of like uh, commercials and stuff now. He's actually pretty damn funny. Okay. He's kind of a big goofball. Okay. So Starco Brands is, let's see what this says here, 21st century consumer goods company. Um, they only invent consumer products with behavior-changing technologies that spark excitement in the everyday. If it's not truly new, if it doesn't change behaviors, if it doesn't spark enjoyment, then we won't make it. So they make theater popcorn. Oh, yeah, they make weird shit. What, what, what's so the theater popcorn? What is it? They make Winona Pure, which is it's like a popcorn flavor spray it's called theater style and like it's like an aerosol spray you pour it on popcorn they have you spray product on your popcorn so it smells like popcorn so it's more like movie theater popcorn they also make whip shots which is like peppermint flavored uh peppermint vodka whipped cream okay yeah and like vanilla heard of that vanilla vodka infused whipped cream Caramel-infused vodka whipped cream, lime vodka-infused whipped cream, mocha, pumpkin spice. Um, let's see, they make something called Skylar Clean Beauty, so they make, like, perfumes and stuff under the Skylar brand. They make, I don't know, this has got Kobe here, AOS Art of Sport. So it looks like deodorants and body body sprays. Some weird ass crap. Yeah. If I yep. could use the popcorn and smell and spray it on my body and smell <laughs> like popcorn. Oh, you're gonna like this. They make an original plant based drink. Yeah, it's a plant based drink. It says. Founded by software engineers and backed by 10 years of development and four clinical research studies, this product has the perfect synergy of ingredients to provide your body with exactly what it needs. It's perfect. Soylent green? So, <laughs> it's called Soylent. Is it seriously? Soylent. S-O-Y-L-E-N-T. Oh, my God. Soylent green. It's painful. <laughs> That's why I didn't say. That's why I didn't say the name. Anyways, so that's what Starco is. But yeah, Gronk's just a big goofball, and he was out there like getting into it with the uh, with the mascots. And I think the winner maybe got a belt, like a big World Wrestling Federation type belt. That's what I saw him carrying around. So that'd be cooler than a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Championship belt. All right, Beach. So in that game, we had UCLA versus Boise State. Ooh. Um. Did Boise State win? Beat little bitch tits? Well, Beach, UCLA junior quarterback Ethan Garbers told Coach Chip Kelly that he did not feel well enough to start Saturday's L.A. Bowl against Boise State. But when Colin Schley was injured during the third quarter with the Bruins trailing, Garbers knew he had to come into the game. Garbers threw for 152 yards and two touchdowns as the Bruins rallied for a 35-22 victory over the Broncos, giving them their first bowl victory since the Alamo Bowl to end the 2014 season. Garbers also gave Kelly a gift after the game when he announced that he would return for one more season in UCLA's move to the Big Ten. 
Garbers participated in the senior night ceremonies, and there was plenty of questions about their quarterback position after freshman Dante Moore entered the transfer portal. Now, Beach, the Bruins trailed 16-7 at halftime and scored on their first three drives in the second half to take control of the contest, which took place just 12 miles from the UCLA campus. T.J. Harden rushed for a season-high 105 yards on 20 carries, including two third-quarter touchdowns. J. Michael Sturdivant had four receptions for 142 yards, including a 40-yard score midway through the fourth quarter that put UCLA up by three scores. So there you go. And actually, Chip Kelly has been saying some pretty good things about Oregon State, Washington State, and how he doesn't like the state of college football. He thinks it's crappy what happened to Oregon State and Washington State. He thinks it's crappy what happened to the Pac-12 in general. And he's actually had some interesting takes on what college football should do. Well, it kind of makes me wonder if it's not going to wreck itself and then have to pull itself up out of the, the wreckage. Possibly. And, and, and re, re, rebuild itself. Yeah. All right, Beach. Yeah. We had another game. We had the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. What does Radiance Technologies do? God damn you. I was tapping it in as you said that. Um, it says Radiance applies our cyber. Uh, God damn it. Uh, Why can't we, we just have like. We provide innovative the, the solutions cold. to our customers' greatest challenges. Our customers operate in an environment where adversaries are constantly evolving and rapidly advancing. Radiance Solutions provides technological advantage and operational superiority for our nation. Okay. So they provide intelligence analysis and warfighter support to the intelligence community and Department of Defense to enable effective military operations and protect our troops from harm. We specialize in intelligence analysis of threat systems across the land, sea, airspace, and cyberspace domains. We use our expertise in engineering, technical data analysis, and exploitation to help our customers assess the operational capabilities, performance, effectiveness, and vulnerabilities of foreign weapon systems and activities. So, like, if, like, Levi sponsored a, a bowl game, right, which I'm sure they have in the past, mm -hmm. right? And it says, Levi's, you can buy our blue jeans, right? You got Coke, you know, it's the Coca-Cola Bowl. Drink our beverage, right? The, the, the Bud Light, you know, we're trying to, you know, rebuild ourselves because we suck so bad bowl. All these products are things that the consumer can buy. What the hell is going to buy intelligence management thing? Who the hell buys that shit? Why do they need a freaking bowl game? Nobody who's watching that game is ever going to buy their product. Well, hey, come on. That's like saying they, the government has given us so much money through outrageous contracts that we're blowing our money on a bowl game. So one of the things they've worked on is directed energy. They've been at the forefront of this directed energy push with our role as developer and integrator of key critical technical components, system analytics, Propagation, lethality, and live fire operations and tests. They pulled the thesaurus out on that one. So this is like directed energy. So like lasers and like microwave beams that you could like aim at stuff. So can I pick those up at Target or do I got to go to some kind of custom <laughs> custom store on Apple? They're just artificial intelligence and machine learning. Oh, they're freaking Skynet, dude. <laughs> Hypersonics. 
So hypersonic uh, weapons. And I hear that that's the new thing that uh, yeah. was it. Iran's developed a hypersonic. Uh, no, they missile? think uh, China has one. They're selling it to Iran. Probably China. Gonna, Iran can't do it, but China's the one that. Gonna, well, there's thought that China has it. Okay. You know. Well, because China's got a, they have a missile that, or a torpedo that Ty- can cavitate and supposedly go faster in the water. Mm-hmm. Hypersonic torpedo. Yep. Anyways. So, Beach, in the Radiance Technologies Independence Poll, you had Cal versus Texas Tech. Cal versus Texas Tech. Hey, can I tell I you something? Cal, Cal. What? Looking at this, the Radiance Technologies, 100% employee owned. So, does that make you feel any better? Well, so they're like, hey, you know what we should do? Hey, <laughs> let, let's get all the employees. We can get box seats for some bitch. Who's down for this? <laughs> they all vote, yeah, no bonuses this year. We're going to put it right in the bowl game. All right. Um, the uh, I didn't even know Cal cleared a, cleared a game. Yeah. Cal versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech won. Yeah. Well, but Texas, Texas Tech's- Tech win. Well, Texas Tech's quarterback left before the bowl game. You know, he's going to change schools again. Tyler <laughs> Slew, because he started at Oregon. It did. Uh, Shoe, whatever his name was. It, 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 is it because he sucks or because he's good? I don't know. Probably because someone else is willing to pay him more money. Yeah. So did, did Cal lose anybody? Did they get gutted? Uh, so I saw a really good um, – people have, on, on, have been – these kids have been these these players have been releasing like videos or statements saying you know hey I've loved my time here thanks for all my coaches and my teammates and all the supporters but I'm gonna enter the transfer portal to pursue other opportunities respect my decision right and it always says that uh-huh. this is my decision please respect it so the other day I saw a video uploaded from well question of these people that say you know you know respect my decision I'm entering the transfer portal. Do they take all of their uh, school clothes and send them to Goodwill? <laughs> well, see, that's another two. Another thing too about about Smith's coaching gear ending up at Goodwill. What else is he supposed to do with it? No, I was thinking the same thing. He I can't mean, like, take honestly, it with him, right? You're going to take it with him and put it in the Goodwill and in East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, he, and he can never wear it again. Well, and he, he might keep some, but you're not going to keep all of it because I'm sure he's got a ton. Yeah, and but I mean, honestly, can you wear your Oregon State shirt when you're coaching Michigan State? No, right? You, you might know? keep some just as sentimental or if you come back for something. But Yeah, but you sure as hell wouldn't even dare mow your yard in that son of a bitch out there. They kill you. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so yeah. it's like, I, I guess it's at least you. This is alma mater. At least you left it in Corvallis where, you know, it'll be wanted. But then my thing with that is take your name out of the inside of it. Yeah, cut the tags. Cut, yeah, the, cut, tags. cut the tags off. Anyways, Beach, so uh, Jaden Ott, the running back for Cal, put out a video, right? And it's in black and white. And he walks and he sits on this chair and he's like, you know, I've really enjoyed my, my time at Cal. And and I've my coaches and I've learned a lot. And, you know, I've done this and the other players, my teammates and the fans and but at this point, I'm going to enter the transfer portal to, to see, see what else is out there for me. Please respect my decision. And he walks off. And then about half a second later, it turns to 
color. And he kind of sticks his head in from the side. He goes, no, I'm just kidding. I'm staying. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's good, dude. And I'm sure people like cow, cow boosters were like, oh, man. And then he did it, you know. But anyways, Beach, in the Independence Bowl, Texas Tech quarterback Baron Morton completed 27 of 43 passes for 256 yards and three first-half touchdowns, leading Texas Tech to a 34-14 victory over Cal in the Independence Bowl. Tosh Books ran for 98 yards and scores. The Red Raiders shook off a terrible start. They shut out the Golden Bears for the final three quarters to win the 47th edition of college football's 11th oldest bowl game. Now, it was the third straight bowl win for the Red Raiders, who fumbled the opening kickoff. Cal freshman quarterback Fernando Mendoz then rifled a 25-yard touchdown pass to Monroe King to give the Bears the lead 15 seconds into the game. Cal had a golden opportunity to extend it, but Mendoza was injured on a third-down scramble to the Texas Tech 5. Cal passed on the field goal and was stuffed after Jaden Ott took a direct snap. Now, Ott finished the game with just 45 yards rushing on 16 carries. Mendoza finished 22 of 32 for 261 yards, one TD, but had three interceptions and a fumble. Did wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, I hate to see a Pac-12 team lose in the bowl games. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we do have a bunch, obviously a bunch more um, bowl games coming up this week. This, this is the week before Christmas. We kind of wanted to put this out as a little Christmas present to everybody. Beach, I think we should just skip the musical interlude today. We've been jabbering on long enough. This, I feel like this has been a little bit of a long one. I've enjoyed the conversation, though. Hopefully yeah. our listeners have. Hope, hope, what are we up to, 13 now? I hope all 13 are enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, but one thing before we finish out this, this episode, Beach, I do want to talk. The Beavs did release, mostly, their 2024 schedule for football next year. Have you seen this yet? You sent it to me, I believe, but I didn't look at it too closely. Okay. So they've filled out their schedule, although it's not finalized. So they Mm -hmm. are in a scheduling agreement. Mountain West, isn't it? Yeah, they are in a scheduling agreement with the Mountain West. So half of the teams will play Oregon State. The other half will play Washington State. And it'll be in a home and away. So you'll play one team home and you know, you play three teams home and three teams away. Washington state will play three teams home, three teams away. Now Oregon state will actually play a seventh mountain West team because they have a non-conference game scheduled against San Diego state. Okay. So they'll still play San Diego state, but the scheduling agreement, San Diego state will play Washington state. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing I was going to say is that their games don't count at all into the the Mountain West. They don't count for the Mountain West. Nope, they don't count for their league. And the Oregon State and Washington State are not eligible for the Mountain West Championship. Okay. Um, and then uh, the Pac-12 will be playing the Mountain West $14 million to accommodate this. Wow. So it's not... It's not making us money. We're actually losing money to fill up the schedule. Well, yeah, but the Pac-12 is probably paying that. Okay. Well, because you got to imagine, it's like they're basically losing a Mountain West game to do this. Yeah. yeah. So, 
you just kind of got to what you do to keep yourself going. And I don't think people realize. So, you know, Oregon State has been an independent before. They were an How many years ago was that? In the late 50s? Um, we, were at, we were in the Pac-12 pack or Pac-8 back then? Hold on. Let me look. So, yes. So, there was originally there was the Pacific Coast Conference, right? Mm-hmm. And that was founded in 1915. Okay. Okay. But that disbanded in 1959, and a new group founded the Athletic Association of Western Universities. Right. Okay. So they they were called um, by the Big Five, the Big Six, the Pac Eight, and then the Pac Ten. So um, it basically didn't include Oregon State or Washington State. They kind of kicked out those schools. But after okay. two years, they came back in. Okay. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna say like 59 and 60. So they were in the Pacific Coast Conference, but when it disbanded, they weren't brought into the new group. Correct. That makes sense. And then, then they, they end up entering in later. Because the other guys realize, well, they might suck, but we actually need them. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> like, you know, Idaho used to be part of the Pac-12. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Idaho was in the Pac-12. Um, Montana or the Pac eight was that Pac eight or was it Pac ten Pac eight or Pac ten? So, well, no school has left the Pac twelve since it was founded as the AAWU in fifty nine. Okay. So, Idaho and Montana were never asked to join what became the Pac. So they were in the PCC, but then they weren't asked okay. back. That makes sense. Gotcha. So Oregon State was out for like two years, and then and then got uh, invited back in. So Oregon State has had to run an independent, but I'll, mm-hmm. I will say it was easier back then. So all right, beans. Let's talk about the schedule here. We're just yakking our jaws. First up, um, so these first dates, these dates are all guaranteed. Okay, these are when these games okay. will be played. Saturday, August thirty first, home opener against Idaho State. Okay. And so that's a Division One AA school, FCS school, if you want to call it that. It's not Idaho, but Idaho State. Th- th- that was previously scheduled. Then Saturday, September 7th, the Beavs will play at San Diego State. That okay. is the end of the contract they had with San Diego State playing here this year. The Beavs make the trip down there. Okay. Then Beach, Saturday, September 14th, at home mm-hmm. versus Oregon. Fuck the Ducks. So that game was able to come about because the Bees had an open date, and Boise State, this is a big mess, but Boise State and Texas Tech worked out deals with Washington State and Oregon because Washington State was supposed to play Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Oregon was supposed to play Texas Tech. One of the schools was supposed to play Boise State, and the other school was supposed to play Texas Tech. 
But okay. now Boise State is going to play Washington State. And the Texas Tech game has been moved to way down in the future, like eight, nine years off. Wow. Yeah. And so it was nice that those schools helped out. All, all of them, right? Oregon, Washington State, Boise State, and Texas Tech. And Oregon State, really, all worked out to make it work. And, and, I, and I'm of two minds of this, right? There's part of me that says, screw those guys. We never need to play them again. I would rather play SEC teams than, than to play any of those, those nefarious teams. Yes, but we'll never get the SEC to come up here. They won't, they, they, won't, they won't do it. They won't do it. They hmm. won't do it. They'd never do it. Right? What what have they got to win? They're not going to get paid enough. And if they lose, what's that do to them? Right? You yep. you might get like a Vanderbilt or a, you know, smaller school, but you're not going to get an Alabama or a Georgia. Chicken shits. So there's part of me like it says that if we never play Oregon again, good. But we do need to keep power five games on the schedule, especially these two years to show that, Hey, look, we're still scheduling these. We're still a big boy. We're still scheduling big boys, you know, don't relegate us. So it's like, I got those two things fighting in my mind. Okay. So that's September 14th. After that, September 21st at home against Purdue. Okay. And that one was already scheduled, right? That was already scheduled. That's the return game from when the Beavs played at Purdue a couple years ago. Okay, so that's that's an, a Mountain West, an FCS, and two Big Ten schools. Okay, Saturday, September 28th at Cal. So okay. obviously Cal would like a game, especially if they get a home game against the Beavs, and they don't have to they travel. To fly across. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there, again, another, another Power 5 team. And then the last game that we have a definite date for is Saturday, November 23rd, at home versus Washington State. So that'll be the, the last game of the season. They're pretty much taken because that's that's the game right before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know. What On the 23rd. I don't know what Thanksgiving is this next year, Beach. Let me look. That'll be the, uh, pack, the, the pack two con, uh, championship game. Basically. So 23rd. Thanksgiving is the 28th. So it's okay. a late, late Thanksgiving so this year. So game before. Yeah. But, but it's a late Thanksgiving. So, so that's well, there'll be a 12 champion. I, I mean, technically, yeah, but it doesn't really mean anything. Nobody's playing the same teams. Well, you've played each other. I mean, so you've mean, got a winner of the PAC 12 cause there's only two teams, but there won't be a yeah. PAC 12 championship game. It doesn't get you anything. It's really yeah. a nothing burger. Well, and, and the fact is, it's one thing when you're playing, you know, at least eight of the same teams together, mm-hmm. but you're not even playing the same teams in the Mountain West together no. other than San Diego State. Exactly. Yeah. So then the other games Beavs that the Beavs have on the schedule, but no definitive dates for yet, they will be at Boise State, mm-hmm. at Air Force, and at, okay. at Nevada. And then home oh. against Colorado State. San Jose State and UNLV. Okay. So those those six games still need uh, dates yet. How did we pick up Air Force? 
Air Force is in the Mountain West. Oh, are they? I believe so. Okay, I didn't know that. So, interesting. Well, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I wonder if if the people at USC and UCLA who made this decision that 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 started the the collapse. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that hurts. USC doesn't. But you, you, UCLA might. I, I think UCLA. There's a bunch of schools that are in. We can say that Oregon State has a budget issue coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Athletic budget issue. There's a bunch of schools that are in a lot worse position, including Cal, UCLA, and Arizona. How come? Because they are really in a a cow because of all their debt from all their facilities they built. And they make no other revenue. UCLA has been upside down for a while. And I think a lot of these schools, I mean, USC has had, you know, they said they don't like the disparity in revenue that the Pac-12 was getting as compared to some of these other conferences. But I, I still say part of that is just, you know, geographically based. You're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just what it is. You know, so much of the population of the United States is never going to see you play because you're not playing at noon for them. That would be 9 o'clock over here. They're going to be in bed. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying it during the day. You know, when you're playing – their day is over. And they, it's a different feeling. Like when I was on the, when I'm out here, I get up, I start watching the first game at nine o'clock. I'll watch through till midnight live football all day long. They don't mm-hmm. do that on the East coast. You know, their first games are at noon and then they'll watch another game at three thirty or five maybe. And that's it. I'll watch four or five complete games every week. Anyways, so a lot of it was started by USC. Well, mm-hmm. let's just say a lot of it was started by by ESPN grabbing Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12 to throw them in the SEC so that when ESPN grabbed the SEC from CBS, it really – they grabbed the two cherries out of that conference, put them in their conference, and now they're looking good. Fox starts – worrying hey we need to bolster the big 10 how do we do that well let's get them to grab the two schools out of the la market the biggest market on the west coast and in the west you know the pacific time zone we'll grab that put that's where it started that's all where it started yeah grabbing market yeah they're grabbing market and that's why i said it'll be interesting to see when there's discovery in this lawsuit of the pac-12 when if it gets to that position where they're actually going through discovery, who was talking to who? You know, was was Fox playing both sides? Were they talking to USC and UCLA, and were they talking to the Big Ten? Did they facilitate this behind the scenes? Did ESPN facilitate it behind the scenes with Texas, Oklahoma, and the SEC? Could there be lawsuits on that, or is there? Oh, I definitely. Oh, I think there could be. And if there's anything out there that could put somebody's butt in a sling, how will that uh, 
uh, move towards a settlement. You know? Mm. What kind of settlement could come out of that? So, it's just, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess, and it ain't going to get better anytime soon. And that's why people think, we won. No, we didn't win. You know? You won this first part of the beginning, but that's it. Now, there's still a long ways to go. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways. All right. Well, we've yammered on <laughs> long enough. So we probably bored the audience now. All 13 of them are probably asleep. Yeah, but here, so. hopefully they enjoyed their little Christmas present of the of the little uh, show number 215 of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you'd like to send a suggestion or a comment or ask a question, HeinerTailgate or gmail.com, at HeinerTailgate on X tailgate on facebook <coughs> remember to listen subscribe on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio. radio leave a rating and review beach it's glad we got together talked a little bit and uh i hope everyone out there just has a merry christmas and a happy new year Absolutely. and until next time go beach Nobody tells me anything. Louisville, Kentucky, and Lynn Family Stadium, you've been a great host of this. It's the same reason why I was like three months, four months, maybe even a year after uh, What's-His-Face died and the Traveling Wilbury said that, figured out that he was dead. Yeah, so. Where is it? So. The Veteran Guard paced OSU with a. Cut that part out. I like beer.